Hello, welcome to the Market Weekly podcast. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and I'm joined this week by Kwong Nguyen, head of our Emerging Market Equities team. So Kwong, when we think about Emerging Market Equities, or at least what people had in mind perhaps a year ago, uh, as we were slowly coming out of the pandemic, uh, things actually looked reasonably good for emerging markets and particularly Asia. China seemed to have managed the pandemic well. Again, Asia in general seemed to have done a better job than much of the developed world. As we got through the worst of the pandemic, China led the economic recovery uh, and things have progressed reasonably well. Uh, however, if we look at the performance of emerging market equities, perhaps it's been a bit more mixed. And one of the reasons for that seems to have been the less successful rollout of vaccines in many emerging market countries relative to, say, the United States uh, and the UK. So like I said, a bit of a mixed picture. Uh, when you look at it, how has EM performed over the last year and year to date? And probably a key factor for you when you're looking for investments, do you still see value in emerging markets? Uh, Daniel, thank you very much for having me join the podcast uh, today. Um, you're right in saying that uh, China is the first country out of the, uh, the COVID pandemic. Uh, the recovery uh, has been pretty good uh, coming out of China, but it is spotty when we look right across the world. Um, vaccine rollout is always increasing. So the emerging markets is also responding to that. Um, year to date, the emerging markets index is up 7%, and over a one-year period, it's up a healthy 41%. Having said that, um, I think there's much more to go. Um, when people think about the emerging markets, they think predominantly Asia. However, we look at the performance of the non-Asian section of the emerging markets index, the Latin America, the South African and Eastern Europe, they're up 15% year to date, uh, far outperforming uh, that of the Asian portion of the emerging markets. There's still lots of opportunities in the emerging markets. And when we think about that, what we look at is the valuation. So if we think about emerging markets valuation uh, at, as it stands right now, the MSCI Emerging Markets Index is trading 14 times price to earnings multiple versus the MSCI World Index at 20 times, the S&P 500 21 times, and the NASDAQ on 27 times. Um, as we know, the emerging markets now is home to some of the most innovative and largest companies, and that will continue going forward. So trading at such a discount with such a um, long-term growth uh, profile, we're quite optimistic the emerging markets asset class um, going forward um, and, you know, three or four years' time. Yes, as always, I imagine it's always important to have a bit of perspective when we look at these things. And I assume you're not making an investment in a stock to have the top return uh, over the next month. So we got a, a bit of a horizon here. The next thing I wanted to ask you about, and you mentioned this a bit before, uh, is when you think about EM, or most people think about EM, they think of Asia. And in fact, Asia accounts for 80% of the market cap of the broad MSCI Emerging Market Index. But of course, uh, there's Latin America and there's EMEA. And uh, as you highlighted, the performance has, has been quite different. And I would imagine that's at least partly to do with the rotation that we've had 
at least until recently, into value and out of growth and Asia being probably a bit more growth oriented and Latin America and EMEA a bit more value oriented. So how have you thought about the performance of the different regions and the different factor exposures? The um, Emerging Markets Index so far, as I mentioned, is um, uh, done pretty well. But if we look more closely at it, um, there's about over 25 countries in the index with approximately 2,500 companies listed in the, included in the index. Uh, of that, the top 15 names in the uh, index makes up about 30% of the index. So there's a lot of room for active management. When uh, people think about the Emerging Markets Index and they allocate uh, passively, they're not getting the full benefit of the thousand-odd opportunities that are out there. Uh, the, the rotation into value um, has really amplified some of those opportunities. Uh, we believe that despite the rebound in some of the commodities-based companies, there's so much more to go uh, relative to the history, where they are. Um, and so the valuation does not fully reflect um, the opportunities uh, that are available for these companies. So they're trading at a big discounts but their representation in the index is so small. So for active investors like ourselves, um, it's a really interesting time uh, to be uh, looking at the, opportun uh, the opportunities that are available to us. Of course, all our lives have been changed by the pandemic. I wonder when you uh, look at the space, when you manage your portfolio now, has there been a, an effect on how you manage your portfolio after the coronavirus? Yeah, I... Um, the coronavirus has definitely been a game changer. Early on when we saw Wuhan going into lockdown, we were able to um, fortunately reduce our exposure to travel-related stocks. With the bounce back or the recovery and the rollout of vaccines, um, you know, some of these companies have begun to rally, but it doesn't fully reflect the underlying fundamentals. So we are beginning to see opportunities there in some of the recovery play. But more importantly, there's been a tremendous uh, amount of government policies and stimulus measures uh, that will benefit a lot of companies for many years ahead. So we are seeing those opportunities. So um, as long-term investors, we think a lot of the, the companies will uh, benefit from stimulus measures. And so, so we are there and um, we're excited um, on how they will perform in the long run, as well as the obvious recovery plays like the travel-related industries. We are making use of the rebound from the pandemic uh, and the undervaluation to set the portfolio up for the long term. One of the uh, exciting aspects, if you will, about emerging markets uh, are geopolitics. So there's always geopolitics uh, in EM. And of course, we've had the recent elections uh, in Peru, a constitutional referendum in Chile. So plenty for you to keep track of. How do you navigate the geopolitical landscape in EM? Yeah, the geopolitical uncertainties uh, in the emerging markets um it's always been around and will continue to be around many years ahead. Uh, the way that we navigate the geopolitical landscape uh, is twofold. One is diversification. We are making sure that we are fully diversified across countries. Uh, two, we also assess each country uh, on a case-by-case -case basis to ensure that we have some grasp of the seriousness of the geopolitical environment as, as it stands. We try very hard to avoid permanent loss of capital, 
things like capital controls or where there's illiquidity and we can't exit investments, we would avoid those countries completely. So diversification and careful um, assessment on a country by country basis. Um, but there are, as I said, um, over 25 countries. So there's plenty of opportunities uh, to uh, outperform and avoid uh, the countries where the geopolitical environment is so uncertain that it's underinvestable. Um, but as long-term investors, geopolitical cycles come and go. So sometimes with geopolitical noise are opportunities too. And I think that's where uh, active investors can generate alpha and earn superior returns through time by understanding the landscape. Thanks very much, Kwong. If I can perhaps summarize what you shared with us. Uh, you pointed out that uh, in the same way that China did manage the pandemic well, the recovery subsequently has been quite good. But if we look across all of emerging markets, the performance uh, certainly more varied uh, and perhaps at times a bit spotty. Nonetheless, we have seen emerging markets ex-Asia, in fact, outperforming Asia. But that also has to do with the rotation that we've seen broadly in equities with the increase in interest rates away from growth and towards value. You highlighted as well that valuations still look quite attractive to you within EM, particularly if we think about PEs uh, for EM at around 15 times uh, in uh, Latin America and EMEA closer to 10 times, whereas you have forward PEs in the US of over 20 times. So on a relative valuation basis, certainly some opportunity there. You also pointed out that to take advantage of the opportunity within the emerging market space, uh, you do need active management. On one hand, there are 2,000 stocks in the index, but if you just buy the index on a passive basis, you're exposed mostly uh, to few stocks, few large capitalization stocks, and you're not going to get that opportunity that you see in the small and mid cap. And then finally, the challenges that you face, one of which is geopolitics. Uh, though that's an ever-present factor when you're looking at emerging markets. And the way you face that challenge is to focus on having a diversified portfolio and good research on what's happening in each country. Well, that's all we have for today. If you'd like more information, please check out our Investors Corner blog or reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact. My thanks to Kwong for sharing his insights. Please join us next week when I'll be speaking with Ed Lees and Ulrich Fugman to discuss ecosystem restoration. Until then, we hope you stay safe and take care. This podcast presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BMP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.